Hello and welcome to another episode of the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. This is the show where we bring on a cool guest to talk about something cool that they've been working on. And tonight's cool guests are Matt Cool and Josh Rystead of the Detentions and Dragons podcast. A very funny, but also informative show where two real teachers, yes, real teachers, teach us how to do Dungeons and Dragons better. Did I do it justice? That's better than our intro. Can yeah, we steal like, the intro from oh you? Oh my goodness. Can we, Matt, can we cut, can we like clip that and just put that, start using that? Yeah, I think we will. We'll oh, totally Jesus. do that. Put me out of a job there, Tom. Matt warned me before we started recording that he was going to try to usurp me in some way or try to steal our show. And so it has begun. So everybody, this is the process. <laughs> this is being recorded right now. So if I disappear and Matt all of a sudden starts talking on the RPG Academy every other week, you know where to go. No, but I've always been on the RPG Academy. So I started this years ago. I was born in Ohio. I decided, you know, after spending time at my local gaming store that I needed a way to bring people together to talk about RPGs and tabletop RPGs and gaming. And then I started a whole convention in Dayton, Ohio called Maticon. So, and people oh, just man. come there to celebrate gaming with me, Matt Keel. That, that, that sounds, that sounds so that sounds so cool. Matt, thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, I mean, Tom, it's great to have you here. I know you're pretty big in the D&D community. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, okay. let me ask you this. What got you into gaming? Okay, well, that was a funny bit. Now let me go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's get let's get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. okay, so Matt and Josh, you all have a podcast. This is correct. This is very true. I met you all last year mm-hmm. at a catacon. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Y'all were special guests. I have no idea how Michael got in touch with you, and you all decided that you're going to come down from the frozen north where you are to the slightly less frozen north of Dayton, Ohio. It was a definite tepid north, or tepid, yeah, tepid yeah. north. But yeah, that's where I that's where I got to to meet you all, which was super cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of fate involved because we were technically not scheduled to play a game of D&D with you. We were scheduled to play a game with a different DM, but for some reason the DM didn't show up and then nobody cared. And I think Josh went out to the table and said, hey, we have no DM. And then, I don't know, 10 minutes later, you just showed up and you're like, let's do this. You, you show up with your books and such, and, and we had a great time. I mean, that was an awesome game of SEAL Team SWAT 6 kind of like, you know, espionage, and uh, it was a great game. It's it fun. You all were absolutely fantastic players. It was one of the reasons that I was like, I need to get to know these fellows more because you you guys were funny and engaging at the table which you can't say about every convention goer all right and that's the kind of player that i really latch onto and have a a good time with so but i gotta ask you all is how long have we'll start with josh how long have you been playing dungeon dragons let's see i am rather new i'm rather new to it about five years um matt was the one who got me into it i didn't really have much experience before, you know, before then. Um, and he kind of, you know, started a D&D club at school. And he kind of, we had a, we're a bunch of college friends. We still get together and hang out, you know, uh, once a month. Uh, but he was like, hey, I'm doing this D&D thing. We should all do D&D together. And we're like, oh, okay. And we got books and Actually, Matt bought me my first player's handbook. Uh, it was an awesome Christmas gift. And uh, yeah, from there on in, it's been you know, down that rabbit hole. Matt, it is so true that the Dungeon Master buys the books. It kind of needed me to be the catalyst, I think. Yeah. I think Josh had it in him. You've played a lot of RPG video games. You are a huge Fable fan. Oh, I love Fable. Like you probably are... Like, you probably owned about five swords before we started playing Dungeons and Dragons. It was in his blood, but it just needed something I needed an to activate it. Yeah, you needed an outlet. And I was the enzyme that, like, activated, <laughs> broke down the barriers, and then 
got you into the incredible world of Dungeons and Dragons. So that's that's interesting because I uh, I just assumed that Josh started playing first. All right, because if you all can't see, because you're just listening to this, but Josh, I'm, I'm his video. He's got all of these swords in like. <laughs> it's just stuff. it's true like yeah it's yeah. like behind him and he's got this really great beard and he just looks like somebody who's just like this person has been playing dungeons and dragons since 1960 yeah we're deceptive that way he's kind of a gray beard <laughs> in training yeah yeah in, in a way okay so josh you got started then with fifth edition correct mm-hmm. yeah Okay, that's interesting because I also got started with 5th edition, and I really do think it's a very good game to just get people rolling with what is an RPG and, and I totally the format. agree. Totally agree with that one. I mean, as far as the ease of learning the rules, learning how to role play, if you're getting into DM uh, for the first time, like definitely 5th edition is the way to go. I mean, I've played... I've played D&D B, uh, B slash X. I've played a little bit of uh, 3.5 and the Dungeon uh, Crawl Classic stuff and all, yeah, a couple other editions after 5e. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if I had started on second edition, I, I don't know if I would have I made it. I don't <laughs> know if I would have stuck with it. That is intense. It is. It's so funny, too, because... I'm pl- I'm going back through right now and I'm playing the Baldur's Gate video game right now. Okay. And all the rules are it's like it's just people are like it's just like Dungeons and Dragons and then there's like it's based on Dungeons and Dragons second edition and I'm like this is on Dungeons and Dragons. This is what is this Thacko thing? Get out of here. <laughs> Thacko yeah. is the most nonsensical thing oh, I have ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> Like, there's this concept called affordance, and it's like, when you design something so that it's just easy to use, and Thacko is the complete opposite about how anybody thinks about numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, they wanted a, they, they just wanted a cool acronym. You it's know? like the common core of D&D math. Oh, we're getting into some, oh man, hold Get on. It's spicy. My, my cat is like about to knock over my microphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Okay, yeah. So, so Common Core, we, we you guys are teachers too. But before we dive into, because I want to talk, I want to talk about the teacher stuff. All right, but Matt, all right. So you took Josh under your under your wing. Sure. Mm-hmm. How did you get into playing role playing games then? Okay, so there are multiple facets to this illustrious story. First off, my senior year of high school, I played a little bit of. 3rd edition, not 3.5, 3rd edition. I think we played for about six months. Let me just say, it was a fun experience because I was with friends, but it was super clunky, and I never knew any of the rules at all. So I was not great at it. Then didn't play any Dungeons & Dragons until right around when 5th edition was released. There was probably that period where the starter set came out, and then they released the player's handbook. Anyway... I'm at school because I'm a teacher, high school biology teacher, and I have a student, never met this student in my life before, shows up and she says, hey, can you run the D&D club at school? And I'm like, we don't have a D&D club. And she's like, I know, I'm starting it and I want you to be the advisor of it. And Duh. Yeah. So students kind of know like two things. I don't say no to a lot of students, especially when it's like, I'm passionate about this thing, which is like why I had a board game club. And I think like we had a Pokemon club for a hot second and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, yeah, I will be the advisor to your D&D club. Side note, I have never played this edition of D&D. So be ready to like Dungeon Master and know those rules and have like dice and things yourself. People show up. There are no player handbooks. There are no dice. Nobody knows what they're doing. And I'm like, well, this thing is going to sink unless I figure out how to run it. So I binged a bunch of D&D podcasts. And then it was this like kind of slow transition of trying to figure out how this works, getting better at dungeon mastering, then playing with the students at school. I thought, hey, this is fun. I should get my friend Josh and some of my college friends because Here's the thing. When you get older, it kind of gets hard to find real reasons to hang out with your friends. So I'm like, let's have a monthly meetup where we play D&D and that'll be like our excuse to meet up. And then from there, we started playing D&D and 
Then we played D&D for a year. Then Josh and I started a podcast because I guess we just thought that we wanted to create one of the most niche or niche D&D podcasts on the internet where it's like, hey, do you want to teach your students how to be better D&D players and how teachers can be DMs when you only have an hour after school to play Dungeons and Dragons? Well, we have a very specific podcast for you. It's called The Tension of the Dragons. That's and only an hour. That really is. That is a... That is a challenge because I do a we do the the um, biweekly st- um, stream mm-hmm. actual play and we do it two hours and yeah. I think that's tough. Oh yeah, so I can imagine cutting it again. Things don't get done very yeah. quickly, so oh, you no. have to make snap judgments. You don't have to like modify the rules per se, but sometimes like creatures have half the hit points that they might normally have, but they might hit twice as hard as they might normally hit as well too, just to like speed up the game, but still make sure that there's drama in the game. So we're not saying that railroading's happening, but there's definite (laughs) pathways of that. We lead them down. But I would say if you're interested in learning how to be a better dungeon master with students or in the classroom setting, you could check out our 120 episode catalog of Detentions of Dragons. 120 episodes. Yeah, why did we do that? Why? That's Don't a, we have that's... lives? Don't we have loved ones that we're ignoring right now? <laughs> I'm not sure why we did it, but we did it. it. And then you're like, yeah, let's go do some other podcasts too. Yeah. Well, the fact that I know I don't have to edit this is one of the great <sighs> gifts of this whole like, like experience. Oh, you know what's even better? I don't have to edit this either. I just give it to Michael and he edits it. Oh, it's the best. You are the luckiest person I have ever met. <laughs> oh, it's great. I just get to talk to people. Okay, so the one of the things I think is super interesting about your podcast is like you all said, you're teachers and who better to teach you how to do anything than somebody who is an actual professional? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so real quick, Josh and Matt, so Josh, what made you want to be a teacher? Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I know. We're digging deep oh, tonight. Deep wow. questions. I don't I think guess... we've ever answered that question on the podcast. I don't think we have. Um, Josh I... once said those fat stacks of dollar bills, though. Oh, you know, those but fat, he fat won't ever stacks of dollar bills, like, you know, there's a siren's call, you know, <laughs> the financial stability of a teaching. Now, um, I, you know, I've always, I've always liked teaching uh yeah through school and scouts and all sorts of stuff i'm the eldest brother of of three three kids so i guess it was always a a thing actually uh interesting thing i was going to be a band teacher going into college that did not last (laughs) very long i didn't know that no i was going to be a band teacher really uh, and then an english teacher and then i went to elementary education so I thought you started off as elementary ed. No, no, I, I started off as a as a band teacher, and then figured out that um, no, not not for me. I I don't have that call for perfection when it goes. Oh yeah, it sounds good enough. Yeah, hey, sure. oh, mm. off rhythm. Yeah, that's okay. All right, so you decided to do elementary, which I know as I have younger kids, and I know they can be very difficult but they're great but i can't imagine having that many and teaching them all like they're josh you are responsible for them yeah it's it's a bit of a shock your first first year or two but uh you know as i as i tell every parent who comes on a field trip listen if we've got more kids on than we leave you know actually go to the field trip with we're good it's okay. good. Everybody comes home alive. We're fine. <laughs> so, no, it's it's uh, honestly really great. I I love teaching uh, the elementary and, and middle school groups. They're very inquisitive. They they have lots of really great questions. They got so much energy, so much energy sometimes. But uh, no, they're 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 really cool. I I like that age group. Yeah, the the enthusiasm. I mean, mm-hmm. just to have anybody who's just like when you start talking, them to just be excited about it is that's great. Oh yeah, no, our our last little unit was on uh, the depression, Great Depression, and the boom and bust uh, around the 1920s to 1930s, and like that can get really like just drudgery, just kind of like a lot of facts, a lot of things yeah. happening. It's not the most 
like happy positive time. However, oh. like if you can get it to just be like, and this, and this, and this thing, and then this happened, and I, you know, you get kids are just like so into it, you know, especially if you like send them off like on fact finding missions or go do this research or you know, well, okay, this is the problem. What was the solution? Go do it. Can you can you do better? Can you come up with something better? You know, so yeah, those kids sound great. But Matt, you're teaching high school, correct? I am teaching high school, yes. Are they as great? <laughs> I think they're great in a different way because I'm not scared of little kids, but I feel that I'm a little too sarcastic for little kids. <laughs> but like 15 and 16 year olds, I don't know if I'm lucky, but they still get my humor pretty well and I get their humor pretty well. So. I can make references to things. I know what's popular with them. And I don't know. They usually find me to be pretty funny, that type of thing like that. And I don't know. It's cool because they're sort of like mini adults. They still have like a lot of enthusiasm just for life. And they have like a lot of hopes and dreams and aspirations. And they're, again, not being like adults are boring and cumbersome and that type of thing. But like... High schoolers, they bring an energy level and they're so fun. And when they discover things, it's so fun and it's so cool to like teach them about these different aspects of the world. And they really do appreciate it. Not all of them. Don't get me wrong. If you watch Dead Poet Society, that'll never happen in your life. But <laughs> like every once in a while, you'll get these moments where like you really find like find out, oh yeah, I had a really important impact on this person and like makes you feel good. And Unlike Josh, I didn't know that I wanted to go into teaching. I thought I'd go into something just like more science, like lab work. And like that work is super cool, but it just didn't have enough like interaction with other mm -hmm. people. And I just decided like, okay, I want to be working around people. I still like science. And I think science teacher is a great way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I So I've known you now for a little bit and I yeah. honestly can't see can't see you doing anything where you weren't talking at someone. Like well absolutely not. Well, I yeah, I do kind of like to talk. I think that maybe I am a product of my position because as a teacher, you are in front of students and I don't want to be just like this sage on the stage that is just like talking at kids, but there are definitely like times when you know, you have some notes and you're trying to like jazz it up and make these things exciting because you sometimes you get into like photosynthesis and cell respiration. And if you don't come up with a game plan, these kids are going to just impale you and they're going to just <laughs> mutiny in the classroom because you have to convince them that this thing that's taking place within their cells is of any importance to them. And it takes a lot of energy and effort to do that. You said something that I think is absolutely profound. What is that? Well, maybe not profound, but you, you, you said something that I'm going to steal now. Sure. Sage on the stage. Oh, yeah. That's not me. But you've learned an, like, an important rule of, of teachers, which is beg, borrow, and steal. So just like take mm -hmm. anything you can and okay. be unapologetic. Don't apologize it. for it. Oh. Yeah. See, sage on the stage or guide on the side. And you want to <sighs> shoot for guide on the side. Mm -hmm. That's that scaffolding and modeling. I'm going to roll up to my next table that I'm going to be a dungeon master at. I'm like, hello, my name is Tom. I will be your sage on the stage this evening. And then watch all those people leave. <laughs> so mm, I wouldn't leave. No, I'd yeah. stay. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> the moxie that would keep me at the table. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, I'm this like, is going to get interesting. my jargon. <laughs> all right. Well, so you're teachers. And yes. Matt, you kind of talked about how you got into playing Dungeons & Dragons at your school because mm -hmm. some some kid was like hey you're the teacher that runs the pokemon club yeah. can you also do dungeons and dragons yeah that's basically it but josh you're on the you're on the other side how did dungeons and dragons how did you start running dungeons and dragons for some elementary school kids well you know and and what actually happened is i started using it in the classroom first as a community building um kind of project you know that we could do because like i had a class that was r really difficult a lot of social problems as far as getting along there wasn't a very tight-knit community um a lot of the kids were coming in from different schools that particular class uh you know they were like coming from like different districts and there wasn't any cohesiveness and so i was 
actually I listened to Dragon Talk, and this was after Matt and I started playing, and mm-hmm. I was still like, "Oh my goodness, D and D is so great," and 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 I I love it, and I still think it's it's really great. But I listened to Dragon Talk, and there was a uh, an interview with uh, a doctor who was using D and D as part of therapy, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, storytelling elements, things like that. I could probably do some kind of RPG." Take D and D, you know, switch it up, kind of condense some of the rule structure down, and use it in my classroom. And you know, if anything else, we're just gonna have fun, you know, because that's that's the that's part of it. And it took off. We called it Havoc Quest. I I took a my entire back whiteboard and I turned it into a marketplace. Uh, kids, if they did their AR reading, uh, they got these plastic gold coins, and that was how they boosted their character. Uh, if they got enough coins, they could buy something that would like they'd write it on their character sheet. And once or twice a month, we would sit down as a whole class and we would play a massive game. I, I had sheets of paper out on the floor and we made giant maps and I, I used the projector sometimes and they had so much fun. Oh, we did that for a couple of years before I moved on to sixth grade. Um, but That's... by that time, I had enough kids who were like, can we do this after school? Is there like a D&D club? I'm like, w- would you would you like a D&D club? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And it was like, okay. So and that started with five kids. And then the next year, it was eight kids. And third year, it was like, okay, I need, I need some people to DM. And so some of my more advanced kids were like, well, I'll, I'll DM a game and I'll DM a game. And so we, then we had like 12 and this year we, we were up to 55. We were Fif- up to 55 kids, 55 kids. Oh yeah. 55 kids, about seven student DMs, seven, eight student DMs. It kind of fluctuated. We had a lot of high schoolers come over as well and it, it really took off. That's incredible. I'm just thinking about, cause D and D really into our role playing games in general, like, they do definitely build a a community feeling to them. You're playing all these games and other people are playing very similar games right around with you. And it really can build these really unique, strong bonds of friendship. Well, and that's what that was one of the things of why it, it kept going for a couple of years was because like I saw a lot of immediate results. Like whereas this particular class was very divided and they had their little cliques and and friend groups and things all of a sudden it was like hey thanks for helping me out with that like sand kraken that we were fighting the other day and and you know the one kid who's usually like sitting out you know the quiet guy and all that all of a sudden he has the special magical item is the only thing that could solve and save the day and all of a sudden, you know, he's the hero or she comes in and, and you know, stops the bad guy for that particular, uh, you know, encounter. And, you know, it really was a shot in the arm for a lot of kids. And really, like, you could just watch. I had a lot of teachers come to me and be like, what's going on? Like, what what's, what's happening? Because, like, there's less fights at the playground. The lunchroom isn't chaos. Kids are sitting with each other and they're talking about this. What the heck is havoc? And and I had to explain it to them, and uh, they were on board with it. So no, it it's just the power of RPGs and and collaborative story and gaming is just so powerful and and profound. That's awesome. I'm just imagining. All right, so I don't know if like teachers' lounges are actually a real thing, but I'm imagining Josh rolling into the teachers' lounge and everyone's like, Josh, how would you? How are you doing this? What are these magical powers that you're using? Josh putting his arms around them, pulling out a a dungeon master's guide or a player's handbook. It says, allow me to teach you the power of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then they're like, why are you touching me? <laughs> just, <laughs> and then oh, when they find out it's off. Dungeons and Dragons, they're just like, oh, okay. We're just going to leave now. I'm going to take like, my coffee cup and I'm going to go. They're like, oh, yeah, I only play indie games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you heard of kids on bikes? Because if you're not playing kids on bikes, then why are you even playing a tabletop RPG? Actually, before this quarantine and this and the COVID, I was actually using that in my English class this year. Because they moved uh, me up to sixth grade. Of course you like, were, Josh. I, I liked it. I, kids on I bikes just, is an awesome. You just make me look bad because... Here's my story. Oh, yeah, I have a D&D club after school. And then Josh's story is 
yeah, I took D&D 5th edition, and then I decided, oh, I had to change it because I have 25 kids in my classroom, and I all want them to play D&D at the same time. So I'm going to modify the rules, run a cohesive game for 25 people within my classroom, create a board where they have a fake store, they read... I don't know. You gave me the stat, but like collectively, all of your students read over like a thousand hours worth of books or something like that. It was these insane numbers. And I'm just like, I guess my D&D club that shows up one hour a week is still pretty good, Mr. Rystad. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, but for your credit, Matt, That's like, a compliment, Josh. Well, you can just I take can. a compliment. I which I will... T- uh, thank you. I appreciate it. But like... You've you your D and D club's been taken off. Yep, yeah, Matt. All right. Now that we've got Josh's super inspirational story out of the way, all right. Sure. How, it, it's it's his. How do how does that how does this look differently at the high school, or is it pretty much the same? But the kids are a little bit older. Well, this is what I'd say. Like I've never run D and D for like middle school or elementary school, and just the nature of high school. There's just not enough leeway within the curriculum to have like a Havoc style of game. So my D&D is exclusively just an extracurricular activity that happens after school type of thing like that. Um, So I'm assuming that in terms of like the gameplay, like Josh's club setting is probably pretty similar to my club setting as well, too. So Mm -hmm. the biggest, I would say, constraint is almost always time. I know that my D&D club starts at 3.15 and D&D club ends at 4.30. So we get there. Kids have to grab their dice. They have to grab their character sheets. And we need to get moving as quickly as possible. But otherwise, like in terms of the like how we run the games, they're probably pretty similar. Okay. No. Um, I, yeah, that's just an hour to, to get things going. That's it. That's incredible. But... How, so let's talk then about how did Detentions and Dragons come to be? Okay. Hmm. Do we give the abbreviated story? Or... Um, you know what? I, I think I, I want the real story. I think, I'll give, I think I'll it's give about you... time for the real story to come out, Matt. We've already talked about the real story. So have we? I think so. Probably not in a lot of detail. And we won't go into a lot of a lot of detail. But we'll go to some. Okay, okay. we're still Tom, on the run. Tom, Matt. where were I mean, you? We're, we're still under witness protection, so I mean, we can't. We, we're going to have to leave some details. Yeah, okay. this I'll... is. We definitely chose the best alias, which is podcasters. So hiding <laughs> in I'll, plain sight. I'll bleep. I'll bleep everything out. Sure, it'll be okay. Okay, Tom, where were you? Probably five years ago. Five years ago, I was graduating college. You're a and baby. I was, I, Why are you I was so gradu- young? I was graduating college. I was married, and I already had a kid. Oh, okay. Well, you are just <laughs> graduating either at the normal time you should be. Just, I don't know. Everybody has a different life story. That sounds perfectly great. <laughs> it is. All right, so that's where I was five years ago. Where were you five years ago? Well, here's the thing. Five years ago, D&D was taking the world by storm. Mm. And podcasts were taking the world by storm, too. So as I told you earlier, at one point, I was, like, binging all of these different D&D podcasts. And then I thought, couldn't I have a D&D podcast? So I had pitched this idea of having a real play podcast with Josh and a couple of other people. We did a pilot. We recorded a pilot and then never edited it. It just never really took off the ground, anything like that. It just was like, it's really complicated. It was super hard. And I knew I still wanted to do something with podcasting. So I talked to Josh and said, hey, basically this incarnation of a D&D podcast isn't going to work. Do you have any other ideas for like a type of podcast? Because I was just, I was literally just trying to think of like other podcasts we could potentially do and then josh you had the idea of a podcast about running D at school right I, I think so i i think it was uh somebody else had proposed like an uh, like starting a facebook page and calling it you know and we like 
shopped around, and I was like, well, what about, like, Detentions and Dragons and Josh, like that? Josh, you already owed the Facebook page. I did you, own the Facebook you page. You owed the Facebook like, page. And I was like, well, okay, why don't we, that, that you know, that's cool, but what about if it's a podcast that talks about it? And so we just kind of, like, moved it to there, and there it is, Detentions and Dragons. And we started, what, three years ago, Matt? Five five years ago. No, no, not five years ago. We're in our third season right yeah. now. So so about three years ago that we started. But but yeah, that was our, you know, we saw what we were kind of good at. We were good at teaching and we'd had experience running D&D in the classroom. So we thought we would take those two passions, merge them together, and then we created the podcast. Super niche podcast. But yeah, super I, fun. It, I feel like that's what you have to be in order to really be successful is to have that... Have that niche, because otherwise you're just going to be swallowed up by the whole glut of other tabletop podcasts that are out there. Well, this and is true. even if you don't even look at tabletop podcasts, there's just so many podcasts, period. Yeah. So I think any new podcaster who is hoping to have some sort of success, you really have to be going into podcasting for the right reasons, which is this is something I'm going to find to be fun and it is worthwhile like sort of like people who just create art for the sake of creating art like you might only have 20 listeners a week but that might be good enough for you if you feel like you're really crafting something that's really successful so I I think that's really important too because uh, that's one of the things that um, Michael Ross with the RPG Academy has said that it doesn't matter like if we're super successful we've built so many great relationships oh totally you're, mm-hmm. you're having fun talking about your hobby so it's 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 just it's really fun to do it sometimes and i got a casper mattress out of the deal heck yeah sponsorship <laughs> just kidding we never got a casper mattress <laughs> I was about to say, hey, hey, Matt, can I be on your podcast more? Because you all sound legit if you all got Casper mattresses. Oh. At one point, there was like, I had this vague dream of, what if I could get a free Audible like subscription? Oh, man. That is like, okay, so we now have the bar. Like, Matt, we have established the bar for success is you get a free mattress. All right. Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, I've even thought about this on the podcast because, you know, we'll have our intro and then we'll have like chalkboard sounds and we'll do the lesson introduction. And then we have like the main lesson and then we have a bell. And then I thought like in the middle, we'd be like, all right, uh, this is like, oh, someone's passing us a note. What does the note say? And it's like, oh, this note is brought to you by Casper Mattress. I wonder if you just started saying that, like make doing an ad for them anyway, if they would eventually just think that they had paid you. I don't and then they would think I'm looking back are... through the books. It never seems that we, we've paid these people, but you know, they keep advertising, so we should probably send them something anyway. And that's how you get your mattress. Mm, there we oh, go. Oh man. So the so that's how the, the your podcast your podcast came to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. But what is the what's the format of Detentions and Dragons? Well, really just give we know your teachers and we know that's what your podcast your teachers talk about Dungeons and Dragons. But if you all could boil it down to what a Detentions and Dragons show is like, what would you say it is? Sure. Do you want me to take this, Josh? Uh, yeah, well, I was just basically going to say I literally try to enrage you in, with, like, NPC voices and, mm. and just, like, terrible dad jokes and puns and things like that. I mean, that's my whole focus. Yeah, the I am the one that keeps the focus on the podcast, on the topic. I'm the funny one. I'm the charismatic <laughs> one. And Josh is the annoying one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. You have to have that one person because it's what makes the chemistry. You all have the chemistry. It's like, really hard to podcast by yourself. I've been, side note, I've been recording lectures for my classes because we're doing online school at the moment. And not having another person there to like bounce little jokes off of is really hard. You got to have your antagonist and your protagonist. Mm-hmm. I feel fulfilled right now. I know. I didn't realize what I had till it was gone. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Oh <laughs> um, no, uh, Matt. Why, why don't you take this one? Like, as far as formatting goes, I think you know it the best. Sure. Well, there are different ways to look at 
like the format of our part like of our podcast so one way is to look at the different episode types that we have so number one we are teachers who also run D clubs so we'll have episodes that are very specifically focused on like teacher pedagogy so what are best practices for running D in the classroom or in the club setting so it might be for example what should your first session look like on the first like day of school, that type of thing like that. So usually what we try to do at the beginning of the school year is we have sort of like a back to school block where it's all about helping those teacher DMs prepare for that very first session. So it's like teacher prep, it's pedagogy, those types of materials things. Materials like and setup. Yeah, like what might yo, materials you need. The, that, those types of things like that. Uh, then we also have rules because one thing's that like one thing that teachers are pretty good at is taking complex topics and making them simple because as teachers we are teaching differing like age levels so you might have to take something that's super complex like like how does cellular respiration work and you have to make it accessible for a 10th grader or a 6th grader or a 2nd grader so what we do is we try to go through some of those like really difficult types of rules or some of the clunky stuff and then like break it down into a little bit of digestible uh, pieces of knowledge or just in a format that might be a little bit more approachable than if you just read something out of the player's handbook. Because like, oh, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say because like the player's handbook and the Dungeon Master guide, they're like textbooks and they're well written, but sometimes they're they're a little confusing. For example, I think a perfect example of this would be uh, we explain action economy in the form of you get so many tickets. Mm -hmm. And you get to do certain things at certain times if you have those tickets. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like our sixth lesson. Yeah, it's one of my favorite lessons. Um, So if you're looking for a good place to start, you can start with episode one. But if you're looking for a good lesson on how to make combat a little bit more approachable for new players... It is, I think, episode number six. It's all about action economy. And it breaks it down into something that's really, like, successful. And in the in the sense that I've had people actually tell me, like, wow, that made a lot of sense. Thank you. Because as a teacher, nobody ever thanks you for doing a good job. So when somebody actually does, it makes me very happy. Yeah, I think it's what, what I really like about Gerald's show is that you all typically are roughly around that that 40, 45 minute mark. But then also you have some episodes that are relatively short, like 20, 25 minutes that are just about these random Dungeons and Dragons topics that I didn't know that I should care about. Like you'll talk about like different items or different monsters and how to use them properly because (laughs) I don't have the time. So just having these very focused episodes it's it really is it's very informative Mm -hmm. yeah and that's another thing that we do too so we'll go over like uh, specific types of items or magic items we do homebrew stuff we also just have like fun stuff in there another thing that we've done uh, more recently is getting other experts on and interviewing Mm -hmm. them and they've brought so much to the podcast as well because again we are teachers and we have a specific body of knowledge that we're familiar with but for example we'll bring on the dms guild creators and we'll talk to them about what it's like to create a module or we'll talk to therapists who are using D for therapy and those types of things like that and it's just a cool way to add more educational value uh, to our podcast but also uh, showing how expansive the community is with rpgs and mm-hmm. D. oh totally yeah, the so I wanted to ask you then, do you have you kind of alluded to it then? Do you all have a favorite episode? Oh. <laughs> and why is it my episode that I was on? <laughs> well, my favorite episode is definitely the episode that you are on because <laughs> I am in love with Matt Striker. That's right. <laughs> I'm here to be the coolest person, Tom, and I know that you have a puppy, and if I don't get to cuddle that puppy, why didn't you name your puppy Matt Striker? <laughs> you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, Matt, and I wish I was as wise as you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would have been so So cool. if you all want to go listen to me ramble about NPCs and about it's actually terrible advice... <laughs> 
about just making your NPCs super cool. Um, it's self-grandizing. Then go listen to what that a recent a pretty recent episode. Yeah, and I would say this is great advice because one thing that I dislike is when people get wishy-washy with their advice. Where sometimes people will ju- will just say something like, "Well, you gotta chase your bliss. You gotta follow what inspires you." But none of those things actually mean anything. So. So many of our episodes, and this is something that Josh and I work on a lot and I am a fanatic about, which is like we need to provide concrete ideas and examples of how these different things work. So if you ever get into a lesson of like or an episode of our podcast and you're like, wow, they're being very specific about this very specific example, it's because I have been to too many lectures and classes where it'll be something like all right this is how you write a paper just feel good about it just do a good job and it's like no these are some well-defined steps on how to accomplish things so but, yeah you have as a teacher like i feel like you can't be like yeah this may be how the cell walls work but it's however you want to feel about it you you need to go back and think about some education like think about not the facts but think about maybe someone who taught you how to write a lab report. And did they teach you like a very specific way to write a lab report? Or did they just kind of hint at, oh, you'll know when it's good type of thing? <laughs> I had to, my chemistry teacher in college was very specific. Okay. My physics teacher was like, eh, whatever. That's exactly what we're trying not to be like. The physics teacher <laughs> who's just like, uh, whatever, just make an NPC. Because... <laughs> There's I mean, this... why listen to the podcast otherwise? Exactly. Well, there's this thing that I tackle with a lot, which is called this, like, curse of knowledge. I think it's an actual, like, theory type of thing. But it's really hard to remember what it's like to not understand something. So when you're trying to teach someone D&D, you might have forgotten that something like AC was a really difficult concept. So you have to sort of predict, okay, well, if, if I'm a new player, what am I going to have like a lot of trouble with and you know for me like on that first day I'm like well I know that my kids are not going to know what AC is they're not going to know what any like they might know that they need to roll a die they won't ever know like what things they need to add to that die so like on that first day I'm just memorizing all the different numbers that I'm going to have to just add on to those die rolls for them and then eventually I'm going to be like, okay, well, if you look at this column right here, you're going to see that it says plus three. That's your, going to be your attack modifier for this weapon. So I don't know what my point was, but the point is, is that education is hard. And you got to be specific sometimes. <laughs> no, I think that that really is because you said something that I really like is once you know something, it's hard to remember the time before you didn't it's know it. It's the worst. It is the absolute worst because, yeah, you, you got so to take a step back. Like and be like, okay, these people don't know it. So how do I teach them who don't know when I know? Oh, I, Josh, even for, for you doing this with elementary school kids, all right, because they may not have all of the, the cultural touchstones or pop culture references that high schoolers may have yet. Mm-hmm. But how is it, how do you teach Dungeons and Dragons to kids? Well, um, A lot of it is simplification. Like, I took the character sheet and I made it super simple. Like, there was, like, literally a strength column. And it's like, what do you want to do? Kick, punch, da-da-da-da-da. Here's all your strength. We're going to call it strength. That's it. That's the only number you need to, to, you know, know about. So that's it. Um, We also got rid of all the dice, except for the D20. So okay. literally, it's like you roll a d20, and then I'll let you know what's what's going to happen there. So again, s- simplification. But then uh, uh, the other half of it was they don't know. Like D and D has got a lot of lore. There's a lot of lore, um, and a whole lot. Any adult walking up to the table is probably going to know what Lord of the Rings are. You know what uh, high fantasy. They've got some knowledge. Most kids have no idea. So when you say like, you know dark elf or dwarf or you know hobbit versus halfling they're like what who half of what and uh you know it's it's you have to make it their language okay so like like one of their favorite characters was you know a goblin and i i would show a picture of a goblin and things like that but this goblin was like a skateboarder 
<laughs> no, he was Josh he, he, was Josh was running D D in nineteen ninety one. Oh yeah, no, but skateboard like I had a group of kids who really liked skateboard. I'm like, oh everybody, watch me uh, jump this alley. Woo! And like I do all the voices and things and they were like, Oh, I know what he's doing. But like you oh like God. you made it you made it about you know what they get. And they bought into it, and they're like, "Okay, I understand what's going on," and that was that was half the other. I was like, one major stepping stone. Like first day into Havoc, I was like, "And you see the high range of the Thontru Mountains," and I had kids like, not getting it, like absolutely, <laughs> like, and and so I was like, and you know it. Uh, all of a sudden, a rock ballad comes across, and a small goblin just comes skittering across this the road on like a board true. with wheels. This can't be true. How so? This is insane. <laughs> and that's half of it. Like you, it, it when like with high schoolers, you can go generally high fantasy, you know. And but I would still say you'd have to you have to have a little bit of buy. And with younger kids, you really need to come down to their level. On what what they know, like if I were to go back to third grade or something like that, I would have to throw in something like tick tick tock or some <laughs> something in there. Like that's the contest. You just set all of your Dungeons and Dragons adventures on the Fortnite island. Yeah, there there it is. The uh, goblin goes and does that that L to the forehead sideways dance, whatever <laughs> the flossing dance. And, what, uh, whatever the, the the flossing dance, the flossing dance. That's a thing, right? That's a thing these kids are into. Now, Gosh, this that's... is another hallmark of the podcast in which I accuse Josh of lying about something <laughs> because I don't quite believe that. I believe that what Josh is conflating is accessibility with enthusiasm. So, yes, maybe. <laughs> Like saying, oh, welcome to the Sawtooth Mountains on the land of of Gringrog or something. Like, yeah, maybe that's not so, like super approachable to like them. But like something that Josh is great at is like he relates well to kids because he's so enthusiastic and he brings so much energy. So when he is the skateboarding goblin... This would be my hypothesis. It's not that they're looking at the skateboarding goblin and saying, oh, now this is accessible to me. They see Josh having so much fun playing a skateboarding goblin that it is the immediate buy-in. When you are too serious about the game and you're playing with second graders, fourth graders, that age level, that's not going to be the thing that draws them in. It is going to be the enthusiasm. Josh is a fantastic human and character. He has a heart of gold. And that is what I would argue is the most important thing is to bring genuineness and enthusiasm to your game. Well, thank you. Thank you, Matt. The, so, so what I'm getting at is Josh is able to relate to these kids in the way that he's, he brings this level of enthusiasm, this fun. We all know he's good at NPC voices. And then Matt, on the other hand, is able to relate to these high school kids with all this angst and cynicism. That right? is exactly... <laughs> I love it. That's exactly how I play D&D. My last game was set in a cave in a black hole, and we just wrote angsty poetry in a hot topic. See, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm going to imagine <laughs> that it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to counter back to Matt. Didn't you have a group of kids try to trick some dragons by saying that they were DJs and they were going to be throwing a party, and that was how they were trying to slip in? Yeah, and so, they failed. They <laughs> failed terribly. But still, you allowed them to buy in with their own their own culture, cultural norms and things. I, that's not a cultural norm. They're enthusiastic. They're they having didn't say, fun with hey, the I've game. got my harpsichord. We're a harpsichord trio. But nobody's going to be making that reference, Josh. Who's what tenth grader is? Right now, sitting in their bed, thinking about, oh, I can't wait till I can start that. DJ company. Finally, <laughs> my dream has become a reality in this D&D game. 
Uh, for my that. credit, I did have a, a skateboard in Go- Goblin, so he relates. No, to the I believe that. I just don't think it related to the kids. I think the energy you brought to the game is what the kids resonated with. More, more um, than likely, I, I will concede that point. <laughs> that's incredible. See, that's so that no, I think this is really interesting though because your all's podcast, you all do bring two very different views, mm-hmm. and I think they work well together. So. It, it, I, I, like I said earlier, I think you all have good chemistry on this show. And before we get, before we get too much further down this rabbit hole, I do want to talk about some, some, some other aspects of the podcast sure. as we start to close sure. out. Is yeah. so the DMs block. All right. So yeah. you all, you all are um part of the DMs block network of shows. Correct. This is correct. Yes. How did that come to be? Mm. Oh, um, I think. At, there was at a point. I think they just con- like they contacted us, didn't they, Matt? They did contact us. Yes. Now yeah. I don't exactly know, but do you know about a little show called Geek Wars? Yes. Well, we, do. we typically feature Geek Wars at a catacomb. You do typically feature Geek Wars. They, at a not catacomb. this year, though. Not this year, due to extenuating circumstances. Yes. Anyway, regardless, Josh, we were invited on to Geek Wars at one point in time. I really didn't know what Geek Wars was. You handle most of the social media, Josh. So I think that they contacted you via Twitter, probably something like that. Probably so. And it seemed like a cool opportunity to go on and talk about trivia and do trivia in this, you know, like DD podcast type setting. I do remember that we got our butts trounced because of all the Pokemon questions. Well, number one, there were a lot of Pokemon questions, and it turns out that I don't actually remember Pokemon names, but I can tell you, like, their general shapes. I'll be like, Water Turtle, like Lizard with Fire Tail, uh, Egg egg Girl. That's Chansey. I know who that one is. Oh, but I, I really hope that when you went onto that show, Matt, you introduced yourself as, yeah, I'm a teacher. I run a Pokemon club, and then all the questions proceeded to be about Pokemon, and then you failed. Oh, I... That was a club where, so I played the video games, uh, the Pokemon video games. Well, I have in the past. I haven't really kept up with it. But they were the card game Pokemon club, and I literally straight up told them, I'm not learning how to play the Pokemon card game. I'm not spending any money on this. You have to learn all the rules. I'm sorry. This is on entirely your shoulders. So, yeah, I knew some Pokemon, but we did... We did an admirable job, but we, like we, we did all right. We, I think we did we all lost. right. We didn't know like who's the Ferengi from Deep Space Nine. What's the Ferengi's name? Quark. Ishka. It it's not Ishka. No, it, but Quark's mother's name is Ishka. Yeah, like that was the question. Quark's mother's name, and it's like I don't know this. I'm really bad with trivia, so I know a lot of biology facts. I know a lot of stuff about animals and mammals. But turns out when it is Game of Thrones, like, I don't know, there's a couple of wolves and a snow guy. Yeah. Matt's like, I'm not a nerd. Like, <laughs> I'm like what? a very specific nerd. Yes. Oh, that's great. So he's got we, his nerd niche kind of like on very specific things, which is biology. That is and biology. Dungeons and dragons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. The So is there anything else that you would tell people that like hey this is why you should go listen to detentions and dragons yeah well i think one of the reasons why to kind of segue from the previous topic that we were invited to be part of the block party podcast network is that we're family friendly in a world of D podcasts most of them are not going to be like reliably family friendly for your different audiences out there one thing that we're proud of is that we have 120 episodes. Our students can listen to any of those 120 episodes and they might hear us making like crazy player character voices. They might hear a 40 minute lecture about how to calculate the difficulty of a battle using like the algorithms in like the dungeon master guide, but they will always know that they're going to have something that is family friendly and very accessible to them. So that's something that we're super proud of. And if you're a parent who's looking to like learn D and D, especially not to be a little, you know, 
little dark, but like you're in quarantine probably and you're so like socially isolating yourself and you're trying to figure out, well, how do I play a game with maybe your family members, like your kids or your daughters or maybe just other family? Like we provide a lot of information on how to get started and really clarify some of those rules that can be really difficult if you haven't had any experience with tabletop RPGs. No, I think that's really good. I think because it defines you. And I think that even if you're like a teacher and you want to have a D&D club, you can even say, hey, here's this podcast. You you can feel comfortable telling students to go listen to it. Yeah, totally. That mm-hmm. was one thing that we decided on right from the beginning is we weren't necessarily going to advertise the podcast to our students. But if they found out, we knew that we'd be proud of it and it would be uh polite and approachable and inclusive and all those types of things for them. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've actually gotten quite a few uh, teachers and adults um, who've written to us and been like, Hey, thank you for doing this. I finally get how to do D and D and I, I, I'm starting my own club at school or I'm starting playing with my kids and I can run a campaign. And it's been I, for the last three years, it's been really nice to you know, get those messages and be like, hey, this podcast is making a difference. Yeah, I wouldn't have bet money against us that anybody would have cared about our podcast. And honestly, like we have received those emails and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like I can't believe we actually helped somebody out with this like silly podcast. So it makes us feel really good about it. Yeah, no, having that positive affirmation, it works wonders. Mm-hmm. Now Matt's like, all right, look at this good email. I'm now going to go edit for four more hours. That's right. I can <laughs> oh, that's do hilarious. it. Yes. So so as we start to wrap up, um, w- Matt, where can people find you on the internet if they want to interact with you? Well, if you want to interact with me and my 100 followers on Twitter, <laughs> you can reach out and contact me at... Matt, M-K-U-E-H-L, just my first name, middle initial, and last name. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not incredibly active on there, but you can shoot me a message. You can, you know, ask me a question. I am almost always surprised when anybody writes to me, so I'll almost always respond to it. But Josh (laughs) is our social media person, so he can tell you more about how to probably get in contact with the podcast officially. All right, Josh, where can, can we certainly... get a hold? Where can we get a hold of you and the podcast then? Oh, certainly. Uh, well, you could get a hold of me on Twitter uh, at Professor Olaf, uh, and then you could also message us at our Twitter handle for the podcast at Detentions Pod, and that's Detentions with an S Pod. Uh, you could also send us an email at detentionsanddragons at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page, Detentions and Dragons. I didn't even know you all had a Facebook page. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, we have a small following of very loyal uh, Facebook followers. So again, it's small, but they download every every week. So yeah, that's that. We we've kind of it's it's interesting. You could do a whole podcast about the Facebook RPG community because it's it's this weird like nether world. Since I'm on Twitter, it's <laughs> That's another thing, <laughs> but the, I, so yeah, we'll put all of these, we'll put all these links in the show notes. So any of our listeners can go find you all, um, and definitely please go listen to detentions and dragons. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I think Matt and Josh are, are cool. And they came to a catacomb. They had me on their show. It really is. It's a, you guys are funny. Josh does his voices. Matt gets a little upset and it's, it's a good, it's a grand old time. I got some character voices, too. I have Skinny Hagrid. I oh, mean, Sk- his Skinny oh. Hagrid is out of this world. Skinny? All right. This is pre- this is pretty much completely, like, unrelated. But, Matt, can you give me some Skinny Hagrid? Because it's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing, Tom. I got your letter right here for Hogwarts. <laughs> you're you're been- a wizard, Tom. <laughs> And that's been Skinny Hagrid. And if you all want more Skinny Hagrid, you all can go listen to Detentions and Dragons. Because Josh does good character voices. I do them rarely. <laughs> but hey, that that's a good point because that's where we're going to close tonight. Because even if you do 
bad voices. Remember, at the RPG Academy, our motto, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. All right. Thank you, folks. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.